You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians, bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRatio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRatio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, taco Tuesdays, 
First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's
Yeah, you're fearless. I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's Herstory Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories um, so my my guest today is Bernice Yee. Am I saying that right, Bernice? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Our, it's like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians um, who applied to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on Women's Magazine, really, because women should always come first. Woo. I agree. <laughs> so Bernice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So I am made in China. <laughs> made in China. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're... Uh, what, I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how did you, you decide, I need, to, I need to get out of China and, and go to the... United States. Uh huh. Because, um, so I say escape is not like I was a criminal. So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Quotes. Yeah. Quote unquote escape. It's more of a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think um, living in China, like I got into not trouble, but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do. Um, and uh, I think once I got exposure um, to America. I have always seen, oh, I want to be there. I want to go there. So a lot of times people ask me, why do you come here? Oh my God, you came here by yourself. Your parents, your family are all in America. Um, at the time when I came here, I I just like, this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they would never know this. I said that. <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that And it is. it takes a lot of bravery to just say, see ya. Like... <laughs> I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like it's, it's really takes a lot. And, um, you're, you, you also write and contribute to this, uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later called mm-hmm. the syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah. Even in college. <laughs> so, so has the, uh, being, uh, deceptive uh how how's that helped in your comedy <laughs> <laughs> so um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaking means so even in college like it's okay that you have a boyfriend but you don't really let people see any public display affection right so like kissing uh uh-uh, uh no you don't like and then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex for some reason i don't know nobody says you cannot but then like if you do it's a big gossip uh, like topic and so um and we don't have any privacy so in the dorm room okay so in our studio right now it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived oh my gosh <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults right um and then like so that's the small space and if and then they lock the dorm room 
every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right. And so it was the most prestigious like, university in in China. It's not like a like kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um. So at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip starts and just a lot of social pressure. Um. So the sneaky have to you have to find ways. Uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you cannot make under like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates, saying that oh my parents are in town, or like you have to work hard. If I kind of like, oh I have to work at the lab all night, I couldn't come back. But you must have a deadline that you set. Let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh yeah. So- <laughs> It takes a lot of planning to to plan a lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is that like comedy? It takes. Um, a <laughs> in a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, like maybe there's exaggeration, maybe it's a fictional, but I have to make it believable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of like, okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my, um, you know, like something I would do. It's not out of character. Oh, interesting. <laughs> subtle and smart. Yeah, but then, like you know, like it's not true. So, um, and you want to make people wonder. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when? How did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand up? Like, how, and and also, like, how did you develop your sense of humor? Like, have you always like just had the sense of humor and been funny, or when, when, How did that kind of develop for you? Funny that you asked that because um, I invited one girlfriend that I have been friends with like ten years, and then like she came to my show and she said, "Oh my God, Bernice! You know, five years ago you told me I'm very serious person. I I'm not funny." <laughs> um, I so in a way it's like it's not. I never I I never thought about become a comedian. Yeah. Um, but I watched so much like Netflix. Well, actually, back off a little bit. I started watching Netflix specials when I washed my face at nighttime. Um, but it takes so long to wash my face that watches so many Netflix comedy specials, <laughs> and then I realized that's how I think too. Because I realized comedians they have they have a different perspective. They have a different Point of view, and for me, I'm an outsider. You know, whether when I was in China or when I here, I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience. So I know in the shower, I'm always thinking about all these funny, wacky thoughts <laughs> from my experience.、Um, but I just didn't think about. I can be one because English is not my first language.、Um, to even be funny in the second language, I just felt like that's so hard.、Um, but not until I saw Ellie Wong's first Baby Cobra special, and all of a sudden, I said, "Oh my God, the the things she thinks is funny. That's things I think about." And then all of a sudden, you do see somebody's more like you. You know, it's not a bunch of like, you know white guys talking about dick jokes. <laughs> right, because there's a lot of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So to me, it's all of a sudden. I want to be like that. I actually want. I have a voice. I want to be heard.、Um, so、um, I just last year made a New Year's resolution that you know what? I'm just do going to、um, do one open mic by the end of the year.、Um, and then I sign up for a comedy class.、Uh, did a graduation show. I love it and keep on doing open mic. And people 
asked me to be on their shows and wow people want to hear about my story and my my jokes and my sense of humor yeah so you've only done comedy like actively done comedy for about a year now yeah right on (laughs) and here you are in san francisco you applied to be part of the comedy festival pam benjamin you know is like Fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's oh great. <laughs> um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity, and also in a way that also I keep telling myself. Um, Fifteen years ago, when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. Whoa. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like so. I, I, I teach English as a second language. That's that's my day job, you know. <laughs> Here at Mutiny Radio, you know, this is this is my, my my fun, my passion, you know, to talk to people and be inspired and, and hear people's voices and stories. But you know, so I teach English. So I know how hard it is to I mean, English itself is a really hard language and Mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So how did you learn English? (laughs) Um, So I guess there's, um, it's funny because um, when I came... I, we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school. And what they taught us is British English. But of course, it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically, it's... British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, looking forward to meet you. I, I cannot really do it quite right, but you know, like... You, you've evolved past that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like, I would say tomato or how do you do um, some basic phrases. Um, and then the funny thing is in the... So, oh, when I first came here, I went to Purdue for um, graduate school to study computer science. Okay. Um, so in the school, there are inter- other international students. I remember I went to this like international student like dance party, and there's this English guy. And you know, when I say tomato, and he's like, "Oh my God, where did you come from?" And <laughs> so I think you know, I kind of I instantly clicked, and I you know I um so we actually started dating. And uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um, that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um, you know like our schedules are different um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep <laughs> <laughs> so m- my boyfriend at the time did not like that right so one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t- training for teaching assistant so we're teaching assistant oh right yeah. you're, you're, in, you're in a graduate pr- program yeah exactly oh, wow. so then okay. one of the assignment is like um, you know come up with a phase a phrase that sounds Dif- like the meaning is different than the um, original how the words read mm-hmm. and then so she asked me and my boyfriend um, and then the the boyfriend gives um, blowjob <laughs> it's so mean but she didn't know I didn't know so I actually didn't know and then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob and then <laughs> everybody just had the face palm and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed right so that started the war with me and the rest of the Chinese students oh no they disowned me oh no they blamed you <laughs> they blamed me 
so so I kind of I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student, mm-hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me. All right, I'm going to make friends with international students, with my American friends. They they were really really nice to me. Um, so that's kind of. But in the meantime, like as I ask question, I'm just like. Um, you know, at this point, I came here. I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions. Um, so I asked anything that I don't understand, and my friends got a little impatient. Oh, Urban Dictionary, but it's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the I don't know. That's kind of where I learned most of my English. <laughs> um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because you know, like like students that I have now they're yeah. like I really want to improve my English and like other teachers will say you know date somebody you know <laughs> like, go meet up with people I always tell them that they should um <laughs> I always tell them a couple things I'm like you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but also I I tell them I was like go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to because then if you you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important. Oh. Because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, "Oh, go down that way and, you know, go straight ahead or go down this street," you know, like a little directions things. Like everybody has a map now. Everybody's using Google Maps or mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, I'm like, "Just go ask a question, but you already know the answer." That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then. <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend and um, um sometimes I just really got lost and then it's a uh, it's hard. I just I want to go home, but I just like, "Okay, stay with it." And a lot of time I actually really did not know what they were talking about but even picking up something like I it's helpful um, you took a long time <laughs> so uh, so you d- did you finish Purdue or did you change schools how did you decide to to stay and how did you end up in Seattle mm, um, I was in the PhD program so oh, wow. um, I did not finish that so I was a I am a PhD dropout but I um, I once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between. And uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft. And at the interview, my interviewer actually said, you know, you should also check that box for full time because it's the interview is actually easier. The reason his rationale was, um, you know, for intern, you only have three months. So we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver and then um, for three months period of time. But for time, we look more for potential. Mm. Um, so I checked that box. Um, they flew me to, you know, Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management. Um, and then they definitely want your English to be better. Um, so I actually ended up didn't get that job. But from my background, they referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I um and I got that job. So um then I gotta face the decision and it's a full time position, wow. right? So do I just quit at this point and go to Seattle or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I wanna get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work and so I um, yeah I quit PhD I got my master's degree and I moved to Seattle wow so Indiana and Seattle so those are the two places that you've actually lived in the US or yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. so um, I, I'm do you prefer Seattle 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California. So like when we think about other states, we're like, they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like, you know, kind of educated and stuff, but uh, it's always like, what, Indiana, it's a, I, I think I could find it on a map maybe. Um, sorry, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco. Uh, no, a lot. I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities. Um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost, almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. Simultaneo, Eric code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up, ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee. And uh, so I started looking for apartment. But it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... <laughs> Great timing, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also because the job I was doing, um, that required me to travel a lot. So I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco, look for apartment. I was never really here. Mm -hmm. And I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, hey, I'm interested in your apartment, nobody replies. Right? They don't mm. give a. <laughs> can I swear on the. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like 20 people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that. So um, it, I just never found an apartment. Um, and then there's other reasons, like um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, if you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate. So um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for a tourist visa. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also I dance Argentine tango. And um, um, this is uh, San Francisco is one of the city like the best place to dance Argentina there's a lot of great dancers here and there are a lot of more leaders um, in any other city in the US I, I hope this is almost right um, there are way more followers than leaders and San Francisco is the only place have more leaders Wow so where, where do you do Argentine tango here like um, some of your favorite spots I haven't been back here uh, for a while but I know we went I went to um, Berkeley they have this all-nighter thing you dance all night until 6 a.m. Um, we do San Francisco Tango Marathon um, in November oh, every wow. November there's a Tango Marathon it's like dance until you drop uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's actually might be close to the mission you might not be far um, but my area is a little bit like um like my memory is a little bit uh, rough right now so that's okay because you just came back into town last night mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. i actually i think i know someone who does the goes to the berkeley tango oh um she's like a substitute teacher at our school but she's probably in her 70s but she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with we're always like what's your secret and she's like I go dancing three nights a week yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
But you're actually, we're here at Mutiny Radio. We're here in the Mission District of San Francisco. And so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the mm-hmm. All Ladies Show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited. But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes. Um, so I have um, three lovely ladies who also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco. So they're going to be my special guests. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about what is really Argentine tango debunk some very um, popular uh, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about uh, some of our struggles and, and funny and embarrassing moments. Um, and then, you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco. In the tango community, we call it Man Francisco. <laughs> Man Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> kind of related to like why there are so many leaders. Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead a Choir tango is very popular, so it's all all gender, all inclusive, but there's just a lot of more men in general in this area. And then we also call it babe area, so instead of <laughs> bay area. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like all the, all the um, dancers here, like, we're all babes, you know, because there's so many guys lined up want to dance with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Every, everyone's dance card is full, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so let's take a little musical break. Mm-hmm. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, your experiences in this past year doing comedy, being a female comedian, and then some of your work with the, the syndrome, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool. So everyone, you're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. This is a special part of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's happening March 1st. That's today through March 5th. So there's 50 comics, 26 shows, five days. Shows are 10 bucks a piece. Go on our, our website, mutinyradio.fm. You can find the, co- the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows, different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with. So I'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist. Her name's Renee Asteria. And this is called illegal Go! 
listening to women's magazine here on mutinyradio.fm we are streaming live around the planet from the mission district of san francisco right here in the corner of 21st and florida we are kicking off the mutiny radio comedy festival running today march 1st through march 5th um, with bernice who is in town visiting from the seattle washington area um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m the all ladies comedy uh uh, lineup um, and also a couple different shows uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about. You know, we'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live uh, in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine, so we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. 
<laughs> wow, yeah.、Um, it's、uh, definitely very, very intimidating because、um, I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic.、Um, before、um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up, and it's like everybody. I mean, in, in Seattle, we're already very white, so everyone is a white dude. <laughs> and then, so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science、um, graduate school. You know, ten years ago, you know, it, I was maybe one of the girls of the forty students, but at least I know computer science. But you know, for comedy, I am new. Nobody knows me,、um, and then you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely just being judged immediately, and then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself. And then when I reach out to say hi, it's Just this very awkward interaction. You just feel like, okay, I should go now. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking that they, they 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 may just be naturally awkward a little bit, and they're probably like, who's that pretty lady? You know, like I don't know how to talk to her. Is she going to be funnier than me? Oh my god, my ego.、Um, so, but you did it. You jumped up and and did comedy stand up for the first time, and、um, you actually sent me. I think you sent me the video of that, and you were funny. Like people were. Responded. You were like successful in your first go. Oh, thank you, thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work. The, the video you saw is that's、um, you know、um, November, so that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when when I had to open my just oh, I just want to find a place to hide.、Um, so it it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say, in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called、um, Comedy Underground. I showed up. I have no idea how that mic works, and there's a bunch of Dudes line up, but one lady,、um, her name is、uh, Chelsea Toll. If she ever listened to this, that's when we first met, and she's like, "Oh, I just moved here. Ladies got to watch out for each other." And she said, "Take this." She gave me two dollars because the at the club, if you dropping two dollars a donation, you have a higher chance to get on the list. Oh wow! So、okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like, and it's like somebody to tell, "No, we, we got each other." And I feel like that really meant a lot to me. Um, and the same day, the open mic, I went up. Actually, I guess I was actually funny that day, even though that's my like first open mic. And then another lady,、uh, her name is Aisha, and she reached out to me and said, "Hey, you're funny. You should come out to this open mic I am producing.、Uh, it's called Comedy Nest.、Um, it is a female-focused、uh, uh, comedy open mic. You should come." So you know, like I felt like there's. People really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to、uh, keep going, even though I was very intimidated. That's excellent, and that's up in Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah. How, how cool! So you're also working、uh, now. Now you've kind of even like taken this further、um, with this group that you're working with called the Syndrome.、Mm-hmm. So tell us about the Syndrome. How did you? F- Connect with them, and what are some of the different things that that this group does? Sure, I mean, guess how they found me? Ah,、uh, they found you at the open mic. Ah, <laughs> they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I actually our、uh, one of our editor, um. Um, Betsy Hunt, and she、uh, went to. She also took a comedy class from one of the comedy、um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They sh- they were in the audience. I did not know.、Um, I come back down, and she just sneak a, a card. Say, hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me. She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I emailed her back and follow up, and then they were like, Oh, we really like your stuff.、Um, what if you know get on a call? We see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine.、Uh, that's how we get connected. 
connected to each other. And when they told me the story of the Central Magazine, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Because the the magazine wasn't started in the U.S. They actually started in Italy. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then like when they started, the the vision is just like you know we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, talk about women's rights um, through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 reckon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And then the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow! And yeah. when when was that? Uh, um. Like. How long have they been around? Do you know? They have been. I have to look because, like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. <laughs> no, no, but. no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area, and she wants to bring. That to to Seattle, so that's how we um, started the U.S. chapter. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so if you guys are out there listening, the syndrome mag com, or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram, I'm sure. So all all over the place, this multimedia social media world. Um, but that's really cool because I feel like when you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know, address um, gender inequality. Um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can, it can be very serious. Mm-hmm. It can be very emotional. It can kind of turn people off. You know, they're like, Oh, you know, whatever people compl- you know, women complaining again, yeah. you know, but like to do it in a humoristic, like a, like in a funny way, like kind of like cuts through some of that, like, Oh, we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on. Yeah. Cause you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed, right? Like I think how many times we, we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work, you are obligated to watch it. But then like in the end, you just like, okay, I'd better not talk about this now. But on the contrary, um, I'm going to quote, uh, Sarah Silverman. Cause she mentioned, uh, she said, if it's mentionable, it is mentionable manageable mm. I think I found that just so inspiring it's like yeah if you want to manage you got to talk about it like you ending issues the worst is just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it and I think the humor opens that like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down oh, let's just be serious let's just hide to walk away from the topic yeah, so the so the Syndrome Mag, which is an online magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's also a group that's it's it's a nonprofit, and you're b- basically part of a, a group of consultants, right? Like mm-hmm. like like people who who are affiliated with the Syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out. This Have you is, been yeah. a part of that? Yeah, a little bit. So um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those tr- videos. And so we actually collaborate with the company to see, you know, to learn a little bit about their culture, what people's you know minds is. And then we write comedy sketches scenario sketch and then we hire um, professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching so, oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um, I persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like you know I was 
like I lived through that, right? Like yeah. I'm one of the women in tech. Um, so you know. Even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men. You got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side, and then you feel like, even for the women, it's awkward. The three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom, like there's just two of you, <laughs> and I say a line of men. You know, so there are some scenarios that everybody. They understand, but they like. I think in a more zoomed in story, you see the internal state, and you see how awkward for that person is. And、um, you know, we also, for example, at in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off, or then all of a sudden we have the women to wear a different mask of like with mustache and then like same voice to say. It just you hear it very very differently. Um. <laughs> that I love that. I think that's such a great way to to point stuff out.、Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, you know, those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video, and of course they make things in those like really obvious,、yeah. right? <laughs> uh, usually, but the subtle things are what. It's like I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of. They think you know they they don't even think about it, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny when you talk about the the men's room and the ladies' room. So my my、uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago now I was working for a catering company, so I was、mm-hmm. I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco, and it was Apple's、um, like annual. Uh, employee appreciation party, right? So it's this big, like, kind of outdoor park、mm-hmm. down downtown, and、um, <laughs> I mean, it was like thousands of men, <laughs> thousands and thousands of men, and all of the drinks were free,、mm. right? It was just like it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders, and these guys would stand like like ten feet away and like look at us and、oh. and so awkwardly, and we're like, come on. Come on, it's okay.、Yeah. Like, come get a beer, you know. And and it was it was kind of a lame party anyway because like they wouldn't they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to, like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore because it was very socially awkward. I saw three women that night out of like. Probably like three thousand men,、mm-hmm. and one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend. You know, <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night. There was a, another person who was bartending that night, and we left at the same time, and、uh, we went to the to the bathrooms. And we saw this big line of men. Yes. And so we heckled them in line. We're like, "Now you know what it's like." <laughs> na, 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 na. You get the treatment now. And then we got to the women's room, and there was a security guard there saying, oh, "I'm sorry, you can't go in."、And、we're like, what? "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, we had to let some men into the." To the women's room, we're like, oh no, 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 we're going in. Yeah, like that doesn't happen the other way around. That's right. They don't、That's、open、right. the men's room for the ladies who are waiting、yeah. there. So it was. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> yes, it's one time. No, you're not taking that away from us, right? <laughs> That's right. I don't care if there's men in there. We're going to the bathroom,、it's、the ladies' room. You know, and of course that was before the even like the whole like, you know, all gender bathroom conversation was was even in play, but.、Uh, It was just, yeah. I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah. So seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches,、uh, but you're writing for the the magazine part.、Mm-hmm. So.、Um, 
You want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think I, in, um, I started, what is my first about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe uh, I think it's just me being, a, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I kind of want to bring in explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes, right? So I think there are things like I don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me. Um, I don't do that. But there's also, I think the stereotypes are there for a reason. I want people to look at something that's not so foreign because, hey, I came to this country. I don't know anything. Of course, I'm going to look very clueless. But if you go to China, you would be, right? <laughs> so I kind of want you to kind of break that, you know, share a different perspective. Um, the first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like, I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like most of the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm, but then it's not just me. Most of the, the natural, like a native born Chinese people hold the same way. So there's like, you know, times like I go to a restaurant with like 10 other Chinese people and with my white boyfriend, he's the only one, he's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know, but then like, I. I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps when we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure out there's no way I can use it the, the, the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm -hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're a little. So they learn as adult as well. Cause like China was so poor, you're just fighting, you're just grabbing food. <laughs> so those are the things that, you know, it, I think that's my kind of my first piece, um, not to give it everything. Right. Um, and then the second one is actually personal, uh, it matters a lot to me, is about like uh, uh, Asian eyes, small Asian eyes. And then I think um, if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. Uh, they're like, "Do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid?" And I had to be like, "What?" Like <laughs> just even the term, you know. But I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye, right? right? The... Yeah, yeah. So we're very obsessed with that, and then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very very popular. And then to a point, it's really like um, your parents were like, "Oh, you if you want to find a job, you need that." you need that so girls were almost expected like when you're done with high school that's when you get it uh <laughs> well there's a lot of that in southern california too like like given like oh congratulations you graduated from high school you get your you get your boob job you get your nose job and you're like you're eight this is an 18 year old girl like, yeah why are you like totally transforming your body in some way that's like permanent yeah know? yeah and also like growing up my entire family always like oh you're so smart but your eyes are so small <laughs> so you know they were nice. just uh, <laughs> shaming like yeah. the small eye from the very early on mm -hmm. but I actually I was just like always freaked out about that I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes so I figured oh what if I wear glasses because 
my mom was like, oh, your eyes will might look a little better with glasses. So I came up with this idea. I said, oh, you know, I need to wear glasses. I'm going to pretend, or I am a good student, but I'm a good student, and I'm of course I'm nearsighted, right? So <laughs> I told my <laughs> the, the classic nerd kind of look, right? Right. Like, so I told my moms, I can't see, I cannot read the the, the chalkboard. Like you, you have to take me to see a doctor. And then so at the at the prescription, they do this like computerized the prescription test, and my eyes were fine. Oh. And I said, no, no, no. So like when they do the menu test, I just pretend I can't see anything. I just <laughs> add on, add on. I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever. God. I got like a four hundred, right? Like is it neck to four hundred or four point oh? Yeah, four point oh. Yeah, yeah. four point oh. So like as a little kid, I have perfect vision. I was wearing this like glasses every day. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that that keenly applied deception, right? To yeah. to make things work. Right. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, what what is your family? think of this like do they know how much like do they know about your comedy your budding comedy career like what do you tell them about your life now <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in china um it's a because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about mm. like you don't you you don't talk about stand-up comedy um i think there's comedy sketches and in, in china so usually you have two characters they talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never it's about issues, racy, edgy opinions that I think it's not about to evoke mm-hmm. thoughts. It's never about that. Um, but my mom, um, I think she she's proud. Like my parents are proud of me for doing this. Um, they don't really know exactly because I want to share a video with my parents. I can't even share that because um, if sending Google uh, video like Google Photo, YouTube is all blocked in China. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cannot see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very difficult. Like you know, for stand-up comedy, they don't understand English, so I kind of send um, little clips through WeChat. That's very popular for ch- their own messenger. Interesting. So they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing. They're oh, okay, they like her. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I'm but they cannot you... understand. R- yeah. Right. Right. Well, that sometimes that's okay, right? It's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. So you're really you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. Um, I'm just I'm so glad that you're here oh, and that we you. get to be you know here on the show today on Women's Magazine. Um, do you have any uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand up comedy? Um, I I will say like I think um, now like. Believe, believe in yourself. Um, like, cause a lot of times people told me like, um, oh yeah, no, you got to pay your dues, and then you have at least you got to suck for the first five, ten years, and don't even ask to be th- this opportunity. But I think you know, just be bold, and then um, you never know. Don't let what pre-exists to stop you. What you think you can do, um, because if I were to do that, I would not uh, even apply for Mutiny Radio Festival. But who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move and then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice Ye, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy and you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at 10, which mm-hmm. is like the... That is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the 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 headliner for the night, right? 
Ooh. Why not? <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the f- comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year, I just pick the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival and I wasn't even trying I was just like you just pick the funny people yeah and the word so, got out <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked that um, people are willing to travel from all over the U.S. to come be here at Mutiny Radio, and that's really exciting to me. So, yay! Awesome. Well, such I'm, an honor. Yeah. <laughs> this is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So, uh, Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for for setting this up so that we could have this. Uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit uh, a little insight into into Bernice's uh, sense of humor or sensibility and her, her really inspirational stories so um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of a teaser so so Bernice gave me this this uh, refrigerator magnet mm-hmm. and it's a it's 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 a pink bunny and it says sick pets make strong children <laughs> so you'll have to come and listen uh, come hang out at mutiny radio and listen to the live show um tonight uh, the all ladies show we're here at 2781 21st street here in san francisco 94110 if you need to know that as zip code um but we're at the corner of 21st in florida in the mission district come out there's going to be shows um throughout the week there's going to be five full days of um showcases various hilarious themes um each show is 10 bucks. Uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website, mutinyradio.fm. Uh, there's a there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening. Um, Bernice, you're going to be tonight at 10. And then mm-hmm. what are your other um, shows? Um, I have two shows on Sunday. So um, 8 p.m., um, Dysfunctional Family, and 9 p.m., um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, I have two podcasts. The one is on like every day about races, and uh, um, at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at five p.m., I have uh, one show. I will be in the show, uh, comedy show, um, dating a comic. Oh, fun! <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, we're wrapping up here, Women's Magazine. Um, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U.S. and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker because she does, in fact, rock. This song's called Pedal to the Metal. And I think it's going to play. Ha, <laughs> ha,